Welcome to the Den of Lights. Hey, how is it going? Hope it's going well. Trying something new. Maybe this is a video episode. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to use Photo Booth and see if I can get that file um, out of here onto the you know, program LumaFusion that I used to create. Whatever. Uh, it's easier than getting my GoPro and then getting the footage on here. Not as high quality, but then at least you'll be able to have some sort of tie-in, you know, with all my face and hands and all that stuff. If you're only listening to this, then let's keep it under a minute. This is all this, all this. Yeah, I don't have a perfect place to set up, so it is what it is for now. Hopefully, getting out of here, moving along. Maybe um, maybe Joe Rogan will sponsor my podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, not the best joke in the world. Let's move on. Today's episode is going to be Eat That Frog. Look at the camera. Apparently, I feel pretty good today. So, I've got another set of lists. Just going to go down and point by point, kind of riff off of each one if I feel like it. And if not, then... I'll just leave it where it was. Anyways, planning is bringing the future into the present so you can do something about it now. Planning is bringing the future into the present. In Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit, he talks about the way to maintain willpower in any event if you're trying to set up a new habit or dismantle a habit is to set up a plan beforehand so that you already have this track that you'll just move along when the hurdle comes up. So if I have this habit of, okay, um, you know, I want to start going to the gym. I am aware, because I'm setting up a plan, that at some point I'm not going to want to go. I'm going to be tired. I'm just going to be not in the mood, whatever it is. And so my plan then becomes, okay, I will put on my gym clothes and walk out my front door. Chances are pretty damn good that if I put my gym clothes on and just step outside of my front door, that I'm gonna continue on and get into my car, go to the gym. But because I have a plan, I override any necessity to use willpower. So say I need to work out at the end of the day, well then I'm gonna have to push myself. I'm gonna have to use my willpower because hey, I've been doing stuff all day and I still have this other thing I need to do. To be able to do it, I'm going to have to push myself. Like, okay, last thing, last big push, time to go to the gym. If you have a plan, however, your willpower doesn't get sapped as much or even at all. It's huge. Just having a plan, like setting goals, being a part of that, Having a plan will put you in a fantastic position because you have a bit of foresight. You've taken the time to at least consider really what you all plan, what it is that you plan to achieve and the potential of things that could come up which hinder you and then what you can do to overcome those hurdles. Just by being aware that something could happen that's bad 
is like psychically a relief because even if it does happen, you're like, yep, already thought of this, already good to go. But if you've had no foresight, you're going in blind and then this hurdle comes up, you're going to be like, whoa, I don't even know how to deal with this. I don't, I have no understanding at all <laughs> because I didn't create a plan. Okay, next point. Banfield, who is the last name of a researcher mentioned in this book, concluded that long-term perspective is the most accurate predictor of upward social and economic mobility. I've talked about this a couple times from a couple different books, just iterated in a couple different ways. I feel like I look crazy. <clears throat> I'm on one today. <laughs> okay. I've talked about this a couple times. And I've also mentioned my own actions, what I'm doing with my creations in all, mostly, is in pushing the viewer, the person who's absorbing it, to at least be interested or like begin to wonder or move towards having a long-term perspective. Being patient and having this overarching plan right like the only way to create a plan is to have a longer term perspective it's just so key this guy who i'm sure is from some prestigious institution all i know is his last name is banfield <laughs> looking at my notes this guy found out that long-term perspective is the highest predictor of somebody's social and economic upward mobility if you want to get better socially or economically the first thing you can do for free today is to just change your perspective to broaden your time horizon and to begin to prefer outcomes that benefit you in the long term so not only are you planning long term you're thinking long term but you're acting in the long term uh, one example is diet recognizing that when you're 50 you're still going to have this body. So how you're treating it today will influence how your body feels when you're 50. And making choices today, making choices in the short term that impact you in the long term, and just always optimizing towards the long term and operating as if you are an ally to your future self and you're just trying to set them up in the best way possible. Okay. Motivation requires a motive. Know your why. Know your why. That's all. And it's because when you have a why, when you know why you're doing something, you're again able to pull in these sources of willpower that would have otherwise not been accessible to you or not even struggle to move forward and have to push yourself because your why pulls you. Being pulled by your why is always going to be more powerful than pushing yourself towards a goal. You have to push yourself to get out of bed, push yourself to eat right, push yourself to go to the gym. Eventually, even if it's not for the gym and leading a better lifestyle, eventually you will burn out and some other area of your life will suffer or you'll just you know, falter and not be so consistent with going to the gym. Whereas, if you move towards the why perspective, being pulled by your why, 
you wake up and you're pulled out of bed. You know, oh my gosh, I'm going to compete in uh, the Olympics, right? Like, I have the chance to bring, like, um, honor, I guess, to my family, to my country, to my sport. Like, I have the opportunity to do this. I have the skills. I have the know-how. You would wake up every day feeling like, wow, what an amazing opportunity. Your why of what you're doing is to bring in all this amazing, you know, reward that comes from achieving something great. The example that I give all the time is knowing my future kids will be the beneficiaries of my choices today. So if I'm looking at two options, eat shit food or eat good food, I know that if I eat good food, I'm going to be more healthy and have more virility, more energy, better focus, everything later on if I make the eat good food choice. And because I want to be the best father I can, I'm just pulled to that choice. Like, I want this thing. Well, that means doing this. So I don't even have to tell myself, like, oh, I have to eat good. It's just like, well, <laughs> I get to, you know, and it's leading me towards this thing that I really do want, which is being healthy at a later age. Motivation requires a motive. If you want to be motivated, you need a motive behind that motivation. And that motive is going to be your why. It could be, um, you know, getting your family out of debt, getting yourself out of debt, buying your mom a house or car, um, moving to a different place, saving the world, whatever. Yeah, next one. Key areas of management. Planning, organizing, staffing, delegating, supervising, measuring, and reporting. I highlighted this because personally I'm very drawn to the leadership position and I'm taking his advice and putting it on a pedestal. When I hear these things, when I read these things, it seems like whatever, right? But knowing that this man wrote this book, probably has decades of experience in this realm, he's had to filter through other things. So like there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven words he wrote that are important key areas of management. He's saying these are the key areas of management and it's seven things, not five, not 20, seven. So he probably had to look through potentially 30 different things, like spent years trying out all these different things. And he said, look, all of my experience, I've narrowed it down to these seven things. The reason that's so important is because you've got to stand on the shoulders of giants. You've got to take the experience of more seasoned professionals, preferably masters, take it and absorb it so you don't have to spend those 30 years trying to figure out what the key areas are. You're just being given the information right there. It's like, these are the keys. Focus on these things. It's I'm using this number, it's arbitrary, it's probably about the same amount of time, 20 years maybe. But instead of spending 30 years trying to figure out what the keys are, you're given the keys and you can spend 30 years mastering those keys. And because those are the keys, you become like this supreme master because you've spent all of your time focusing on all the right 
things. Imagine if it's like people who don't train legs. You've got to train legs, bro. Do you even lift? The people who don't train legs are setting themselves up for injury, really. And like it's aesthetically it's weird, right? To look at. It's not right. So you could have spent like you could have the strongest bench press in the world, but if you don't train legs, you're not really doing much great. I think you get the point. Let's move on. Key area of sales, and I'm not going to riff on this one. I'm just, you know, going to say it here. I want you to understand, though, that when somebody says keys, like these are the keys, take their advice seriously. Assume that they know what the fuck they're talking about and they've spent at least eight to ten years just deciphering and filtering out all the noise and nonsense to bring to you, look, here's the things that matter most. Don't waste any more time trying to figure it out. Just focus on these things, right? Okay, here's the key area of sales. Prospecting, building rapport, trust, IDing needs, presenting well, answering objections, closing, getting resales and referrals. Next point. (laughs) Quality at work, quantity at home. I really like that. Quality at work, quantity at home. Uh, One of the five love languages is quality time. Everybody can appreciate each of the five love languages. And I'm kind of, you know, going off here. But some people particularly do like quality time. And a good amount of people. Regardless, the only way you form memories is because you've spent time doing something, right? So... When you're at work, work. When you're at home, be at home. You've heard that before. But here is a way of thinking of it to really hone in on what that means. And it's quality at work, quantity at home. By the yard it's hard, by the inch it's a cinch. How true it is. Um, When you first set goals, and I hope you're setting goals. If you're not setting goals, bro... Tisk, tisk, tisk. When you first start setting goals, you probably have a lot of shit you got to take care of. You probably got, especially the older you are, a lot of stuff you need to attend to. <laughs> and the older you are, the more you probably get this feeling that you're behind or that there's this piling up of debt problems. Like you've just got all this stuff you've got to fucking deal with. Oh shit. Well, when you look at it that way, it's the oh shit perspective. There's this monolith. It's like all my problems. And there's the stress, the anxiety that comes along with that. If you think I'm here now, I need to get there. Then it's very hard to get there. By the yard, it's hard. But by the inch, it's a cinch. The way to overcome that struggle, and it's really mental, You create hurdles for yourself when you have these, you know, ideas about how hard it's going to be. Because really, until you do something, it's it's nothing. You know, it's it's non-existent. There is no feeling. It's just how you're thinking about what you think it will be like when it's happening. The way to subvert all that is to go inch by inch instead of trying to go yard by yard. 
And so you have your major goal, you have your long-term goal, you break it down step by step. So long-term, medium-term, short-term, immediate goals, and maybe like even hourly, you know, some people do that. Apparently Bill Gates does hourly and you know, Bill Gates, <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah. So you just break it down. You, you go backwards. You're like, here's my, the thing I really have to do. Okay. What do you have to do just before that, before you can complete the major goal? And what do you have to do before that, before you get to that step and before that, before you get to the step above that. And then, so you get to the point where now at the very bottom rung, there's this thing you have to do which is the first step of achieving the major goal. But because it's just an inch away from you, it's so easy to do. And because it's easy, you're more likely to do it. By doing it, you build momentum. You've got to get up the ladder. It's very hard to get up the ladder if you have to reach, if you have to strain and struggle. But if getting up the ladder means it's a million simple things that take like, short amount of time <laughs> then you're much more likely to do it and it's like one over zero I'm not gonna go into it but um, it's just so key that you actually do something just do something there are people who want to achieve things but never do anything about it and so they stay where they are there are other people who want something different they want to change in their life and they begin taking action they may not actually ultimately get what they want, but they're in a much better position than when they started off, right? So it was worthwhile to at least take a couple steps and improve the quality of your life somewhat. But if you think, here's my long-term goal, it's gonna take me a year or two years, and you think in three-month increments, then that's still reaching. You're like, you know, it's, it's a long, longer time frame. But if you're thinking, okay, here's something I can do today, you're way more likely to do it than the person who's like, here's this big chunk of things I need to do by three months from now. Just make it as easy as possible and take action. So eat your frog, <laughs> eat that frog. <laughs> I can't remember who the author is. I gotta get better at this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great book. It's filled with like actually actionable things you can do to make procrastination just non-existent strategies available in your repertoire tools in your toolkit that you can take advantage of that allow you to reframe things and to posture so like staging for example if i know if i say i want to practice guitar uh, I am much more likely to practice guitar if I put it next to my bed or put it next to a chair that I always sit in. Because if I have to get up and go walk over somewhere and grab something and then come back and use it, well, that is harder than just reaching over and having access to it. Um, in another sense, for a larger goal, and this is the last thing I'll say here. I'm not going to give away all the keys to the castle. Um, staging comes into play where if you have multiple things to do with multiple different steps. So in editing videos, the, what I do is I lay out, I, like I import all my media at once, and then I lay out all the clips I want at once, 
and then I make all the cuts I want to make at once and then I remove all the videos I don't want at once so it's just like putting things where they need to be beforehand setting the stage so that way when it's time to get to work everything is easily accessible and it's right there and it's all together and then you do everything all at once of each kind which is chunking and he talks about that in the book and then even beyond that there's like way more complex strategies so eat that frog which comes from the expression uh somebody said it was it some renaissance person <laughs> they said if you have to eat a frog best to do it at the beginning of the day and what that means is if you've got a whole list of things to do and you know that there's something that's really difficult that you're going to have to attend to, best to just do it at the very beginning of the day because you have the most energy, the most willpower. You're just more likely to do it. And because it's the biggest thing, taking care of that will alleviate a lot of pressure or stress upon you than just kind of attending to little things here and there. So uh, I don't know if this is a video. If it is a video, boom, high five. If not, short episode a day late trying to do better got a lot of stuff going on uh if you dig this if you're at the end thanks appreciate it please please uh support the podcast support me by buying my book rare candy or getting my videography 101 course i also have a free pdf called pure gold which is actually about how to achieve your goals and it's similar to what i talked about here but breaks it down into five points and then i discuss the key components of those five points so that's free uh the link should be in the description here anyways until next time pizza